up everybody after a few weeks off we are back welcome to real chronicles brought to you by realtalkinc.com i am your host dave i am joined with the man the myth the legend the extra on cobra kai season five mr jack renault Oh, I'm glad to know that you are okay with breaking the NDA you would assign for that information. <laughs> but uh, thanks for ha- thanks for having me back. Uh, yeah, I ended up binging this show like I have in the last three seasons in like two days. Uh, you know, ten episodes, thirty minutes of pop, quite an easy digestive show, and I'm really excited to be talking about it today. Yeah, same here. I fit- this is an actual off the cuff idea from Jack and I, like. We love this show so much, and I wish our buddy Helmer, he's at TIFF right now, could be on here because I think he loves the show as much as we do. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that we're able to just completely just break down this show, and more in a very no-notes, just just shoot the shit, let's have fun, talk about what we like, what we didn't like. But we do have one little list in terms of ranking our characters on the show, and I know, Jack, you mentioned off the line, you have some surprises, so can't wait to talk about this show. I think it's a reboot remake done perfectly i don't think that there's any doubt in my mind that this is it takes a property that i will say i love the first karate kid but this season specifically has taken a movie that i find to be hot garbage in the karate kid part three and i feel like it's more important than one at this point yeah uh yeah, I was a very big fan of Karate Kid 1. It's been a while since I've seen the other Karate Kid movies, uh, but it's been long enough to where I can still remember like the general gist of it and all the references and Easter eggs throughout. And yeah, I, I wrote it down. I think it's up there. I'd put it up there with like Top Gun and Mad Max in terms of like the best legacy sequels Agreed. of recent time. It's definitely one that has enough fan service to keep the new fa- the old fans coming back but also like i've shown it to friends who've hardly seen who've only seen the first karate kid and they still love it regardless of missing any easter eggs yeah and i think um we're gonna talk about it when we talk about season five i i've had to hold my tongue on this show for a month because i saw it in july or early august so i haven't been able to talk about it so the fact that i can finally talk about it with people it's it's you know i'm very happy about that so Let's get into some of the news of the week. There's only three things I kind of want to talk about. The Emmys are tomorrow, randomly on a Monday rather than Sunday. Um, I think we can go through some category. Let's not go through every single category, uh, but we can go through like comedy, drama, and limited series and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. uh, let's start with Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Limited or Anthology Series. Uh, we have the entire cast of the White Lotus. <sighs> Caitlin and, and, who's, and then yeah. two and then two supporting characters from Dope Sick. Uh so you have Connie Brain, Jennifer Coolidge, uh Natasha Rothwell, Sydney Sweeney, all from the White Lotus, and then we have Caitlin Deaver and Mary Winningham Winningham, I can't talk today, from Dope Sick. I think it's gonna be Jennifer Coolidge. What do you think? 
Yeah, that this is like a really interesting category because in Emmy history, I'm very, very skeptical and cautious of like where the votes can split. Agreed. And in this category, like they're going to split regardless because you've got like six nominees from two shows. Um, I haven't seen The White Lotus. I actually really need to, but I mean, from what I've seen, like it's the third most nominated property at the Emmys this year, maybe. I believe it's so. up there. Um, and so I, it's not surprising to see like, like we've saw, we've seen stuff like the people versus OJ have like three or four nominees and a supporting and still win. So it's possible. Uh, but I know dope sick has been gradually getting more and more love. And since they only have to deal with a 50, 50 vote split, they could pull it off. But yeah, I think you're right about Jennifer. And then moving on to supporting actor, we kind of follow the same suit. We have we have three from the White Lotus here. We have Murray Bartlett, Jake Lacey, and Steve Zahn. But then we have three from Dope. I'm sorry, from the White Lotus. We have three from Dope Sick. We have Will Poulter, Peter Skarsgård, and Michael Stuhlberg. And then we have Seth Rogen from Pam and Tommy. I guess Murray Bartlett. Yeah, again, it's. These categories are going to be really fun. Uh, the Dope Sick versus White Lotus, just because I do. I, that's the two horse race, I think, going into series. I think White Lotus has it, but I do. But I do think if Dope Sick gets awards score, awarded somewhere, it's probably going to be Michael Keaton. Yes, I agree one thousand percent here. Um, staying in the supporting category and probably the one that me and you care about the most: supporting actress in a drama series. Patricia Arquette, Severance, Julia Garner, Ozark, Jung Ju Jean from Squid Game, Christina Ricci, Yellow Jackets, Jay Smith, Cameron Succession, Sarah Snook Succession, Sydney Sweeney Succession, and our queen, Rhea Seahorn, Better Call Saul. So, can all right, I'm going to make, I mean, my, my mind says it's going to be Julia Garner for Ozark. My heart and I'm going to try to make a defense of this. And I think you maybe to, I, I don't think I'm going to convince you. And I don't think I'm going to convince myself. But because part two is so close to voting, the voters may say, fuck it. Let's, who cares what episode they submitted? Which my get, I think they submitted the finale, right? For, I, for Saul? I, I'm not for sure. I, it's certainly not a bad submission. I know that's the. I don't think it's in for directing, but I know that episode's in for writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I was thinking that too. I mean, the finale of Saul is so widely praised. I, I mean, Breaking Bad won both parts for season five, and I think it might have been a similar case because season or Breaking Bad didn't end until I think it was like August of thirteen, September. and then it had to. It had so, to withstand like the the whole the year. year's worth of hype, so it could be a similar situation. I, I but I, I mean, see, I mean, we've talked about this on here. Seahorn and the latter half of this season was my god, so damn good. I mean, I think her best work, maybe full episode, was probably the the premiere of season, of the second half. But then mm-hmm. her yeah. scene is the scene in the 
in the bus when she breaks down finally after everything yeah. that, that happened. Um, yeah, but I mean, if it's not this, it's gonna be Ju- Julia Garner. I don't watch Ozark, surprisingly to many. I don't. I, so, but maybe you can speak more on the Julia Garner of it all. Uh, yeah, I've got Julia Gardner in first two. I will say Sarah Snook still intrigues me because Succession's interesting because, like, it's the most nominated show and it's the most nominated acting. Not their best uh, season, though, I think. I think in terms of, like, the nominees, especially, like, the performances, like, I they all have strong cases. Supporting actor is going to be where we really and that's Yeah, that's where we're going next. Because... Yeah, um, and Sarah Snook, I mean, she she could have won last year, or her previous year, because I thought she was really good then, but... I agree. I mean, Succession has just continually and continually racked up nominations, so how deep they go in it on the winner's side really interests me, especially with uh, another show in the mix that's, with, that's withstood like a year's worth of hype in Squid Game, uh, which we'll talk about more. Which I love. I love Squid Game, so I'm actually happy to see it here. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. Julia Garner is my brain. My heart is praying for a miracle. Uh, supporting actor in a drama series, we have Nicholas Braun for Succession, Kieran Culkin Succession, Matthew McFadden Succession. Then we have uh, Park Park Hyso for Squid Game, Yu Yang Zhu for Squid Game, Christopher Walken for Severance, John Turturro for Severance, and then Billy Crudo for that just terrible terrible show the morning show <laughs> it may be listen i think it's the worst drama on television that gets nominated every year really it is wow. such a terrible 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 show i will say he is the best part of the show billy Crudup is actually very very good on the show yeah um but i i, I hate the show so much um all right let's talk it out here um if we're Obviously, they probably submitted the finale for Succession, and that's McFadden's like hour. But yeah, Kieran, the whole season I think is better. I I don't know. I, I think it's yeah, Kieran, I think but I don't know. Each of the Roy children uh, save Connor. Uh, they've kind of been at the central at the central of. Each season, I think. I think Kendall had season one. Shiv had season two. I think this season was uh, Roman's season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually saw him kind of separate himself from his father. He was able to like do that business deal with uh, Alexander Skarsgård's character. Uh, and then you had him... The dick pic was still so hilarious. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, and then also he, he just goes back to that completely like vulnerable place with Logan, especially in the finals in the final scene when he's kind of just like he's arguably the most broken out of the three kids when like that final scene happens. Uh, but yeah, I think it's either it's Matthew or Kieran. I think Nicholas Braun is just happy he was nominated. Uh, that was that feels it, very much like when the Oscars just bring the rando supporting actor nomination. Just happy to be mm-hmm. there type of thing, like you said. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, if either of those win, I'll be happy. I mean, Succession's arguably my favorite TV show on TV right now, so whatever it wins, I'm not going to be upset. But I would be very surprised if it went another way, because we actually, the only singular nominee is uh, Billy Crudup. Everyone else has a duplicate. You got two Successions, two Squid Games, and two Severances. 
And let me so, preface, like, I agree with you 1,000%. And just because I said that Billy, Billy Crudup is the best thing on a morning show doesn't mean that I want him anywhere near an Emmy. He already, I believe he already won last year, too, so. Yeah, he might have. And then also, I mean, morning show isn't enough for series or actress, so. I Which, think that the, one was I surprising. The, the, Emmys might, the Emmys might agree with you in that regard. Um, Moving on to comedy. Uh, we have, and I'm sure you're probably pissed off about a snub here that we'll get to in, yeah. in lead. Uh, or do you think she's supporting? Is she? Su- I think she's supporting. Okay, so we'll I'll let you. T- about the same person. Yep. She was in supporting previously. Okay, because so. I feel like she's more of a lead this season than the first two seasons. But we'll, we'll get to it in a moment. So we have Alex Bornstein, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Hannah, Adam Binder Hacks, Janelle James, Abbott Elementary, Shirley Ralph Ab- uh, Abbott Elementary, Kate McKinnon, Saturday Night Live, Sarah Niles, Ted Lasso, Juno Tempo, Ted Lasso, Hannah Waddingham, Ted Lasso. Um, I think it's probably going to be Janelle James for Abbott Elementary. Yeah, I, I've got her in second at the moment. I'm keeping Hannah Waddingham in first. That would That's because, my heart. That's what I want. Yeah, to. I... Comedy's really interesting because you've got, especially in some other categories, but you've got repeat winner or you've got winners going up against each other. Uh, Han- Han- Hannah Waddingham, it's kind of hard for me to bet against newcomers, but I do think Janelle James is the one who's likely in second place. Um, but again, it also goes back to there also being another, what? There's another nomination for Abbott Elementary and another two for Ted Lasso, so. Where the vote split really can just make or break some people. Did you want to mention the snub? Yeah. Uh, where the hell is Sarah Goldberg? I, and I hate I, her character so much, but I agree with you. Yes, she's phenomenal. And I. it's really upsetting to see all the other nominees from the show get in, all deserving. But I think she definitely should be on there just as much as anyone else. Uh and then same deal with Succession for me. Anything that Barry wins, just throw it my way. I'll be happy about it. I was uh, going to throw at you, but it's probably not true because Henry got in and um, Hater got in. But the whole – this show is no longer a comedy. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was thinking about it, and I, is the only reason it's still in comedy because it's 30 minutes? When was the what was the last thirty minute drama to be up for a series? Could be it, because there's nothing. Could I mean the show is still obviously very dark comedy, yeah, it's, it's, but it's not. I don't. I think it's very much more drama, especially where we end up at the end of the season. Yeah, it has very much progressed to that point. But I mean, there's still like even in season three, there were some moments that just had me on the floor with laughter. Uh, <laughs> the too many dogs. If you remember that bit, I was laughing quite loud at like 11 p.m. that night. I almost woke up my roommate. <laughs> and speaking of Barry, we get to supporting actor in comedy series. We get Anthony Kerrigan from Barry. We get Henry Winkler from Barry. We get Bowen Yang, Saturday Night Live. We get Tyler James Williams, Abbott Elementary. We get Tony Shalhoub for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. We get Nick Mohammed and Tohib Jimu and Brett Goldstein from Ted Lasso. So I would... I would love Brett Goldstein to win, but I think Henry Winkler was very, very strong this season. So I think, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Henry. 
I think I've got Brett in first. I'm really considering switching to Henry. Henry, I think, was the front and center of this season in Barry. And especially that final sequence, uh, probably one of the most satisfying character moments on TV. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's a two-horse race between those two. And again, we have more vote splitting. And I'm pretty sure Tony Shalhoub won... He's uh, won I think, for that first. Yeah, I think he's a. He, I think he's won more than once already for for Maisel. So I I do agree. I think it's going to be one of the, one of those two. Um, could we could we call this the easiest of the night? Uh, supporting. I mean, lead actress in a limited or anthology series. Tony Collette, The Staircase, Julia Garner, Inventing Anna, Lily James, Pam and Tommy, Sarah Paulson, Impeachment, Margaret Qualley, Maid, and Amanda Seyfried, Dropout. Uh, just, can we just do say Amanda Seyfried and move on? Yeah, might as well. I yeah. mean, I, I love the nomination for Lily James uh, and Margaret Qualley. I love anything she's in, but I, I think Amanda probably has that in a walk. And another easy one, a standing outstanding lead actor in a limiter anthology series. Can we just say <laughs> can can I just say Michael Keaton and we can move on here? Yeah, if if it's not Michael Keaton, I, I will be texting you about it after the show. Yeah, seriously, I can't. This is where uh I think we're gonna have maybe a conversation between two people. So lead actress in a drama, Jody Comer killing Eve. Laura Linney Ozark, Melanie Linsky, Jello Jacket, Sandra O, Killing Eve, Reese Witherspoon, The Morning Show, and Zendaya Euphoria. Um, so I think it's between Zendaya and uh, Melanie. I've yeah, seen, the, the, I've the seen both shows. I enjoy both shows. I just got into Euphoria this season. Um, mm-hmm. I Zendaya has an episode this season, and. I don't know if they can resist Zendaya, so I think I'm gonna go Zendaya. Yeah, I, I've got Zendaya up front too. I think she's also just like one of the hottest people in pop culture right now. Um uh, and they're gonna they're gonna have to award Euphoria somewhere. And I know just cleaned house at the text this past weekend. Um but in terms of the above the line wins, I mean it's got a lot of it's got some vote cancellation probability in other categories, and I don't think it wins series. So if they need want to get Euphoria on stage, Zendaya is definitely the channel that they're going to want to go. Concur. But but Yellow Jackets, that's just been consistently getting more and more praise. Um, but I also feel like it kind of underperformed from what I've seen in the nominations. Um, I thought so, too. And, and I think it's definitely... It, that and Euphoria both, I think, are, like, on the bottom half of, like, the drama series likelihood. Um, but I do think it's down to those two. For sure. And then we get to drama. I lead actor in drama. We have Bateman in Ozark, Brian Cox Succession, Adam Scott Severance, Jeremy Strong Succession, Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul, and Lee jean Jay Squid Game. So, like, you know Better Call Saul has never won an Emmy? That that's that's the other thing that I keep like thinking to myself about this uh, this season, along with the fact that it's just ended. I think that that information is getting more and more out there, and I think more people are starting to realize that it they've never won an Emmy. So, if they award it somewhere, I do think Raya and Bob are probably the most likely places to go. Agreed. Along with um, writing, you think? Kind of. Yeah, I was going to say, along with, like, Shot in the Dark, I think 
plan and execution is probably it's up there i think for like the most respected episodes like it's not the highest in terms of like the gold derby odds so to speak but out of all these episodes i think like when people go back and think about what the episodes were plan and execution is probably the I'd say it's it's up there for like the most important episode of Better Call Saul because it's essentially like what everything has led to and it ends like in the most devastating way possible. Uh, but again, it also leads me to like what what are they going to go next year and like what are their big horses in these categories going to be? And I think plan and execution is on the same tier as like whatever they'd submit next year. So. I gotta I want to add because. And I guess we can talk about it more in detail when I talk about what we watch. So I'm on se- I'm close to finishing up Breaking Bad. And um, I got to say, there are some scenes when you rewatch the show that hit so different, especially with Gus. So Gus is uh, – we pretty much know in Better Call Saul, Gus's last episode, we find out that he's gay. And he doesn't want to build – start a relationship with um, – with the waiter because of what may end up happening in season four, we get a flashback of what his beef is with Salam the Salamancas, where everything starts. And mm-hmm. when when Salamanca kills his quote unquote partner or someone that's like a brother to him, Gus completely breaks down and it makes me wonder like, was that the straw that broke the cabal's back in terms of him building relationships with people because of that that, that happens and it kind of sets Gus on this downward trajectory. I mean, I don't want to say downward trajectory, but this hate towards the Salamancas. If you watch Breaking rewatch Breaking Bad, you kind of watch things in a different light, kind of with the whole picture there. Also, um, I am very much on Gus's side. <laughs> instead of Walter's side at the end of season four now, because I understand as a business and seeing everything that we saw. <laughs> um, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. So it's like a, it's like a two episode arc of where my mind changes, where Walter manipulates Jesse, making, making him think that Gus poisoned Brock with the ricin, but it was the lilies of the valley that, Walter mm-hmm. uses on Brock. That's one. Two, Gus figured out that the easiest way was for him to just, once he killed the entire cartel, Jesse was his, was his guy, and they had developed this relationship, along with Mike developing a relationship with Jesse. They kind of had the, the pieces to put the puzzle together into kind of running a proper business, but Walter's like, nah, I still need to be the guy. And then yeah, we get to, I, I, and we get to the episode where the finale, where he kills Gus, and I'm like, Nah, man, like Gus is right in this whole thing. Like Walter really is the thing that destroys. He destroys so many lives on this show, and rewatching it with the full context now feels so different. How how far along? How much of your rewatch do you have left? Did you finish the show again? I'm just finished episode one of season five. So I haven't gotten to okay. Ozzy, man. I'm very curious how Ozzy's going to hit me this time. Yeah. Uh, there's one line. Uh, I, I wouldn't really call it a spoiler because you've seen the show already. But Mike has one line in the, um, I think it's the Say My Name episode. But he, he's like, 
it's him and Walt's last exchange, and he's like, we had a good thing going, you son of a bitch. Everything would have been perfect if you just stayed in place. And I'm like, yeah, like they had so much trial and error and better call Saul that like they probably had a good grip on like their business model for a solid like few years. Mm -hmm. And then this fucking chemistry teacher just comes and ruins everything. So, yeah, I it, it's kind of got that Godfather thing where you're like sympathizing with different like criminals. And and it's and it's interesting because, I mean. You, I don't. You obviously haven't had a chance to rewatch since Better Call Saul ended. But when you're rewatching everything, there's so many roads that we take in the show that Walt takes that you're just like, man, you're just like completely fucking everyone's life up. And I'm not talking about the Jane thing. I'm just talking about the cartel thing, <laughs> the whole in like industry thing. Because we look yeah. at the end of Better Call Saul, we kind of look at Gus as a hero, not a villain. Because he takes, yeah. he's the one that takes out Lalo. He's the one that, you know, pretty much puts everything in place with Saul being able to, Saul and Kim to be able to get rid, you know, get through everything and get away, you know, from the cartel. So now watching Breaking Bad now and seeing what happens to Gus, I'm like, ah, damn it. I kind of wish Gus lived. And especially Mike. I really don't like, and I think Peter Gold has said that's his biggest regret. Him and Gilligan regret killing off Mike. Yeah, that I, I've gone back and watched like some of the bits and pieces from Breaking Bad. I haven't gone back through the whole show just because I've seen Breaking Bad in its entirety maybe like five times in my life. So, uh, but no, my, Mike's death just still rocks me time and time and time again. I think that's the point that Walt is just full pure like evil. Cause well, he had obviously been evil before, but like. He that was just a pure whim, essentially. Like I don't think he would have done that had Mike not insulted Walt in that like time Agreed. and place. Because they were about to go off, and then they just had that one last exchange, and then he just like goes back to his car, gets that gun, and shoots him. Which is funny because I think if Mike, if Mike knew Walt was trying to kill him, he would not have killed him. But it was just such a spontaneous decision that Mike could not have seen it coming. In any way, shape, or form. Yeah, because Mike Mike's always been good, even in especially in Saw, at like seeing things coming from a mile away. Any any time someone acts like you said at the spur of the moment type of thing, that's what his weakest moments are, and I'm sure it is for everybody. So I, I yeah. agree. Um, but yeah, it, it was such an interesting exercise this time around. And I am sorry, I don't know if it was you or or Helmer. I can't stand Hank. <laughs> I cannot. Really? I just wow. can't. Like this rewatch is confirmed. I I am <laughs> all out on Hank. Like it's he is. He might as well be worse than Walter. <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah, and Skyler. Like go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I like him in the sense that, like, out of the main characters, he's essentially like one of the few. I. The few pure good guys left at the end. He's got some bad issues, or he's got some bad moments. I mean, everyone in the show does. Like him assaulting Jesse at his house, that was pretty messed up. But I mean, I mean, like Ozzy Mandius, like I, I, whatever I think about Hank, like it all changes. Like season five, episode thirteen into fourteen, like that twenty-minute sequence out in the desert is just rough as hell. It's interesting. The best episodes of both shows are the ones in the desert. <laughs> 
Yeah, for real. Um, but yeah, to get it completely went off tangent there. But yeah, that's me saying that I hope Bob Odenkirk wins, but it's probably going to be one of the succession boys. Yeah. Mm. I think Squid Game also. That would be a great surprise. I would love that. Yeah, I I think I, I think the Squid Game actor actually won SAG and he Globe. he I did one think... SAG and Globe. Actually, yeah. So it may be the Squid. It may be. Um. Lean John Jay. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. A comedy series should be a quick one. Gene Smart for Hacks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Write it off. Uh, lead actor in a comedy series. Can we just say Jason Sudeikis? Or you really think Hater can do this? I I think it's got the euphoria thing. I think they give Barry something. More specifically, Bill Hader something. Okay. I, th- I think I think Hater's got directing locked up. I agree. I, th- I think. Yeah, Did they submit? They submitted the episode, right? The, yep, yep. Okay, okay. Uh, it, and they only submitted that episode. So okay. if it was going to get nominated, it would have just been that. So they got it, and it's directed by Bill Hader. So as long as he gets that, I'll be cool. But if they want to throw him Best Actor on top of it, I mean, by all means, Bill Hader is probably my favorite person in Hollywood right now. So yeah, I think it's, all the- I think it's too early for the only Murderers Boys. Maybe next season, I think one of them wins. That's the only yeah. upsets that I can see outside of Hater and, and Sedegas. Um, and then finally, we have uh, limited or anthology series. Uh, Dope Sick, Dropout, Venting Anna, Pam and Tommy, White Lotus made. I got White Lotus. I think that one's pretty easy. Yeah, to it, it's it's White Lotus or Dope, or Dope Sick, I think. But, I mean, those nominations just kind of speak for itself. I think it's got to be White Lotus. Comedy, we have Abbott Elementary, Barry, Curb. Hacks, Maisel, Murders, Ted Lasso, What We Do in the Shadows. My pick would be only Murders because I actually like this season a lot. And you know how I feel about Barry not being a comedy anymore. But um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I got Ted Lasso winning with Abbott Elementary as the upset. Yeah, I've I've got the same. Uh, I, I'd still watch out for Hacks. Uh, I think... It's going. I think it's going to win comedy actress. I think it could win one of the co- like comedy writing maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that could win, and that's another scenario of a show just gradually getting more and more love as well as nominations. But I mean, Ted Lasso is like such a juggernaut, and they already confirmed. I think season three is going to be its last, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if it just three O's and wins for all three. But I'm still. I'm still holding out for maybe a Barry season, a Barry series win, uh, but I, th- I think Bill Hader is going to be the source of his win for directing or acting or both. And, both. <laughs> and finally, can we just say succession and move on? Yeah, I. That that's the thing. I think it's going to probably be most in line with. Um, I think it was the Globes. I think. I think. Uh, Succession didn't win any acting or anything like that at the Golden Globes, but it just won series. And then the same thing at SAG, like the Succession boys lost, uh, everyone in supporting lost, uh, Sarah Snook lost, but it's still one ensemble. So I think it is probably going to be recognized as like the best all around show. So I do think it wins there. Awesome. Yeah, we'll find out how right or wrong we are tomorrow on Mon- uh, night at 8 p.m. And to finish off before we get to Cobra Kai, let's get into um, we have the Oscar season has officially begun. Uh, we are currently in the midst of TIFF, and we just concluded 
Dennis and Telluride last week, so I guess we can touch on some of the highlights and lowlights. Um, I kind of love the fact that things have cleared out a bit for some movies that I was hoping would be a Best Picture nominee. So we can start off by the ones that the biggest surprise in terms of disappointment was probably Bardo. Um, it's currently sitting at 57% on Ryan Tomatoes. Uh, I can still see an international feature nomination for it. Yeah, I, I feel like it would it would probably get in somewhere, and I can't speak to like how how packed that category is. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention, it's definitely going to be uh, Mexico submission. I'm sure. Agreed. Uh, but as for where else it gets in, I'm not really sure. Uh, it, where where is it being distributed through? Is it like a Netflix it's movie? Netflix. Yeah, it's Netflix. Netflix. Okay. And yeah, I think... they've got the Netflix power behind them and a two time directing winner. So I it dare, could easily get in. There, dare but, I say uh, you shouldn't have won for any? Hmm. I'd go Link later for fourteen, and I'd go George Miller for fifteen. Definitely go George Miller for fifteen. I I'm partial to Birdman. I'd say that's my second favorite of that year i would have died if wes anderson won for grand budapest which is my favorite but mm-hmm. I, I i can't go wrong with his win for birdman but i, I totally agree i don't think he should have won for the revenant and then the other i can say kind of surprise for me was empire of light so far so right now empire of light is sitting at 64 percent on rotten tomatoes while they are praising olivia coleman there are a lot of the reviews and first reactions that pretty much called it a, a jumbled mess that it's all over the place. And it's not just a, you know, the quote unquote love letter to cinema. There's a lot of different themes going on and it ends up not all coming together in an effective way. So we could have lost that in best picture as well. Yeah, Sam Mendes is a very interesting person. Cause like, I think his movies nowadays, like gener- like he does get the nominations, and I do think Olivia Coleman gets in for like, I agree her, too. the fourth time in five years or something like that. Um, but yeah, I could still see that. It, it all comes back to like the thing that I always have to remember is like who's voting for these awards, mm-hmm. and like it's like the thoughts like that that make me like more reassured about like some like putting Elvis in be- my best picture lineup. Uh, I think. From what I've been seeing, I think Empire of Light would have done really good like 10 years ago. Yeah, uh, good point. Maybe, maybe maybe even 15 back when they were five nominees. But as for now and like the kind of movies that they're looking for, because like we're going to there's going to be like a Top Gun Maverick to replace like an Empire of Light type movie, because like they're they've been more consistent recently with getting a blockbuster, like the big popular movies in there. So ironically, Ironically, though, what you going back to what you said about Top Gun, I already had it in. Now I feel a hundred percent sure it's in. I've After... got it in my top five. I I was looking at it, and it was kind of a similar conversation to what we had with um the Batman earlier in the year. It was like just looking at all the below the line nominations, and then it just becomes like, well, if Nightmare Alley could get in with three below the line nominations, then Top Gun could probably get in there with five. Agree. Because I, because I, I don't think it's it's not going to get like a screenplay. I don't think Tom Cruise gets acting unless they just push really all the chips in. Uh, but like I think it's got the like the text sewn up. I think Lady Gaga gets in for song. Uh, 
And yeah, I mean, it's one could argue the movie that saved cinemas this year, so to speak. So yeah. And it's again, going back to the voting body, that's the kind of blockbuster that like the boomers, the people, the older people that I know who've seen it, they're like, Oh, like there's no sex. There's no violence. Like it's just pure entertainment. Technically there's not even a villain. (laughs) Yeah, really? So like, it's just all nice family friendly movie really. So I totally think it gets in at this point. I 100% agree. Um, <clears throat> some other, I guess, highlights that probably won't get any Oscar love. Bones and All, the Luca Guadagnino movie with Timothy Chalamet, Shal- Ding Dong, and, um, oh my God, um, what is her name? Why am I drawing a blank right now? Um, Taylor Russell. Um, yeah. Apparently, they're calling it a horror meets coming of age cannibal movie. So kind of Badlands, but with cannibals. Uh, so sign me up. That's that's <laughs> like right up my alley. Um, we got the Banshees of Inisherin, who um, yesterday Colin Farrell won Best Actor during the Venice Awards for the film festival. Uh, I'm not really big on Martin McDonough, but I'll I guess I'll give yeah. this a shot. I'm not huge on Three Billboards. I'm not Same. huge on In Bruges. I think you know, cool if you like it. Uh, the trailer for Banshees did not really entice me or excite me, but I guess it's something we have to look out for, though. Same, yeah. I, I will say pro- it's probably going to be a heavy hitter in the writing category. Agreed. Uh, but I don't think he gets in. I think don't think he gets in for director unless it just becomes a juggernaut like crazy. Uh, and then pi- pi- picture so crowded this year because you've got like five movies that. I'd argue are in, and then from there it just gets to a bunch of maybes because yeah. right now there's there's only a few that I'm like truly confident in. So and even and even like in the past, like even like recent years, I feel like we had more kind of sure bets this early on. Granted, like movies haven't been like as consistent over the past couple years because of a certain global pandemic. But so do you only like a handful. Do you like? So you said five. I wonder if we're in the same boat. So especially after last night, Fablemans. That's one, right? F- Fablemans. Gar- I I will be stunned if it doesn't get in. Fablemans. Babylon. Babylon. Guaranteed. Um, um. You think everything everywhere is safe? I. I'm like ninety nine point nine. It's that March release thing that like gives me pause. But like, if we hit like like national board review or like one of the smaller ones and it gets in there. It's like, okay, so it is still on the general like mindset that I'm like confirmed, but, and then top gun is in. And then what, what was your other one? Uh, I think women talking. Is oh the yes. One duh. That, yes. That's yeah. the, I think those are the top. I think those are the five that I've, I think that's actually my top five, like for the Oscar pool that we did. And then from there, it was a bunch of hedged bets and uh, shots in the dark. Yep, and then for acting, we got the, the the world premiere of The Whale, which it looks like Brendan Fraser is the real deal here. Um, yeah. I've already said this is probably a one and done for me. <laughs> I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. going to be watching this movie ever again after after watching it for, for the season, uh, but can't wait to see Brendan do his thing there. The big, another, probably, I would say even more shocking than Bardo is The Sun, yeah, yeah. Currently, it like, stands at sixty 
One second, I believe it's sixty three percent unless things have changed. Oh, it's up to sixty nine now. So okay. um but it's still shocking. I thought this would be an easy yeah. ninety five, ninety eight range. Yeah, and uh, I know that uh Hugh Jackman is still a uh, like the hub for where a lot of the praise is going, but the, the I, I told you about a stat kinda recently that I realized. I think it's like every since the best picture expanded to ten nominees, I think every best actor winner's movie has at least been nominated for best picture. The one exception being Jeff Bridges for Crazy Heart. So every best actor winner the last twelve years has been in for pictures. So I don't know if that hurts Hugh Jackman because I don't think the Sun's getting in the best picture, but I also don't think the whale. I don't think it is. The yeah, picture. I agree one thousand percent. And there's no other. Unless the Elvis stack comes in and Austin Butler comes up the middle. Yeah, that that's always that's the thing I've been keeping my eye on recently. It's uh, the 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 biopic. There's always a biopic winner. I, I think I, I agree. But uh, I, and I don't know where else it would come from. We get we. I mean, the Whitney Houston biopic is the only thing I could think of. Yeah, and I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We. We haven't. I haven't seen a trailer. We haven't seen anything about that. So, um, mm-hmm. and then in the uh, another actress contender, we have Kate Blanchett and Tar. Who uh, give give listen as much as I love the eighties horror camp. Give me the pretentious shit all day. And apparently, mm-hmm. Tar is the pretentious movie of the year, the artsy fartsy movie of the year. So, um, give me that. I'm all in. Yeah. So I've heard nothing but great things. Some have called it her career best. Um, so I'm very interested in that. We got finally we got to see well, not me yet, but we get to see Blonde, which I don't know if you know, it's actually sitting at seventy seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So I thought this movie would be eviscerated, and it has not been eviscerated. It seems that um uh... Yeah, it's, it seems that Ana de Armas is primarily getting praised, uh, and it also seems like the critics are mostly the ones who are being positive on it. It seems like the audience score so far has been bad, a lot more down the middle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't imagine. Uh, like for example, like my my mother in law is very excited for it. I told her, "Do not be." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of got that. Uh, Spencer? Like it was kind of yeah yeah I was gonna say like my parents are big Anglophiles so like I was hearing like them being really excited for Spencer I was like all right well just use like extreme caution going into this because I know the kind of like Brit like British movies that you love and this is not that so I, and you know you and I have spoken off the air for months at this point like we adore Marilyn Monroe so yeah. But, we know what this is not going to be. So let's mm-hmm. very curious as to what happens there. And then uh, moving on to TIFF, we can talk about um, two little movies that premiered last night, which was Glass Onion, which may be Netflix's player after all. Maybe they can get it in. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was one. I think it's probably like an 11th or 12th for Best Picture. It's right up there, but I think it's definitely in for adapted screenplay. Agreed. I actually think uh, I don't know if you agree. I think in 2019 it was probably 10. It de- it definitely was. I think had had the 
with the expansion hadn't happened that year yet. Had it, we were still at like it the was, nine nominees. We're a year away. We were two years away from it. Okay, we yeah. It, the had there be yet. ten nominees, it was definitely ten, which is kind of crazy because like the only other nominee it had would have been original screenplay. Yeah, which would have been pretty um, insane. Yeah, and that well, that would also just completely shoot us in the foot for predicting going forward. It's like, oh yeah, movies can get into Best Picture with one other nomination. Coda did that. They helped us out there two years later with three nominations. <laughs> uh, and then the big one, the one that I think a lot of people have been waiting for outside of Babylon, was the world premiere of The Fablemans last night. And it seems like Spielberg has done it again. Yeah, we, we need to bring back up that conversation about Spielberg Peaks. The, the only time he was really out of his power, you could really argue, was the 2000s. And even still, that was probably his most financially successful era. I, so At the moment, it is sitting... There's not that many reviews yet. It's sitting at 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I suspect it's probably going to stay in that area. Um, yeah. The director conversation, I haven't seen it yet, but we already know a few people that have. Um, barring... Anything that Chazelle does with Babylon, which we got our first look and it looks like it's going to be a huge movie. Um, barring any changes with Chazelle there, I think I feel good at Spielberg winning his third. Yeah, and, and if he does... Hmm. Because it, it, here's, it, 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 here's my counter before you go. If he doesn't win director and maybe they go Chazelle... There's a way to reward him in screenplay because this is his. He could receive his first screenplay nomination, and it would be Kushner's first win, and Spielberg Spielberg could go along for the ride. You're to- you're totally right. Um, and it also goes back to the whole La La Land debacle, which we've talked about uh, multiple times. That's definitely something that voters are well aware of, and I'm sure that they feel bad for him to some extent. I mean, he still won Best Director, so he probably wasn't too upset. Um, but no, it kind of also goes back to the whole, like, picture and director have been split so many years recently. I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen again, because I would, I would, I I think I would be upset if they doubled up for one movie this year, uh, because I I could, I would like, I would like, I don't know if you agree, I would like, obviously, I, I just think me, you have a preconceived notion of how good Chazelle is as a director, so yeah. I would not mind if we get a screenplay for ba- Fablemans, director for Babylon, and picture Fablemans. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Spielberg already got his second directing with Private Ryan and 100% should have won Best Picture that yep. year, too. Yep. That's a whole different conversation. Uh, and then obviously Chazelle, I mean, it kind of also just goes to like the whole like, Ever since, like, over the last few years, like, best directing has kind of been seen as, like, the technical sh- achievement. Like, here is, like... Unless you're Denis Villeneuve. For, for real. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think kind of, like, with the changing metrics of best director, because, like, back in the day, like, looking at some of the movies that have won best directing in the past, like, some of the thoughts have been interesting. It's, like, is that really the best directed or did you just want to combo that with best picture? But more recently, it's definitely been seen as like the outstanding technical achievement award for the movie, uh, which I definitely think 
Babylon has probably the edge over Fableman's. Fableman's in that regard, seeing as that it's probably going to get the production design, costume design, all those nominations. I have it without even seeing a trailer. In my mind, it's probably leading with 12 or 13. Because if we look at sure. like sound, like, all right, so I'm, I'm thinking here. I'm thinking picture director, actor, actress, supporting actor, um, production. You've got, got Pitten? I have Pitten, yeah. Okay, okay. P- uh, production design, cinematography, score, sound, editing. Um, I have heard that there may be an original. Actually, so maybe not 12 or 13, maybe 10, 11. Yeah, that's. I was feeling more confident with that. The thing with Pitt is his nominations are kind of sporadic. I don't. I, yeah, it's like he'll get in for like some movies that like kind of make no sense, but he'll also miss for like something like Inglorious Bastards, where it's like if there were to like if you were to nominate people, like he'd probably be up there. Um, plus, I also don't know like the degree of his role in the movie. Like Margot Robbie, that makes sense. Brad Pitt, I don't know, like how central how central his character is to the movie. So if it's kind of more like an ensemble piece where it's just like about a bunch of different people, maybe he gets lost in the shuffle. Uh, but I do think Margot's definitely in, and then it's obviously going to be a huge tech player. Yeah, she's still my winner until otherwise, until further yeah. notice. Um. All right. Yeah, and that should cover all the festival stuff for now. Did I miss anything? The only thing we have left, I'll, I'll be covering New York Film Festival in a few weeks. The only world premiere there is, um, she said. Mm, mm. So that'll be. Okay. We'll see what happens with that. That's the only thing left that we haven't seen outside of Babylon, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. All right. Awesome. Um. All right. Before we get to Cobra Kai, I just wanted to touch on two little things that. Actually, three things that I saw. Um, probably not up your alley, Jack, but I saw Clerks 3 last week. Um, oh, okay. Loved it. I think it's Kevin Smith's best movie since Chasing Amy, and that was 25 years ago. Um, definitely goes in directions that you do not expect. Um, it is a very heavy movie. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> yes, it has its comedy, but it is very, very, very much a drama. Um also saw Don't Worry Darling, and the reason we didn't mm-hmm. talk about it in its Venice release. Listen, I saw this movie and I I put all the sh- all the shit aside, all the drama yeah. aside. If this movie ended after the second act, I think it would be a very good movie. Uh, there's a third act twist that is awful, and it completely de- deteriorates the movie. It doesn't it doesn't work at all. And rather than just having this, um study on like toxic masculinity you have a twist that just wants to touch on that theme but also wants to do some other things there that i don't want to spoil uh florence Pugh's incredible i mean what else can be said she's absolutely phenomenal harry styles not as bad as i thought he would be um the problem is he's with florence Pugh every scene so yeah and she's just so you know, cooking, cooking threes past the line, and he's like not making the layups, from what I've heard. Yeah, essentially, he is Dion Waiters if he had like twenty minutes on screen rather than five type of thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Then I saw uh, Barbarian, which is 
surprisingly, I was a little bit disappointed, especially after all the hype. Um, it's a good movie, but I can see it. You know, I think it's a little bit overrated. And for and wasn't gonna mention this, but because Jack's here, I've been watching all the Leprechaun movies. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, there's something, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's get into it. Did you said you had something though, right? Uh, yeah. I, well, aside from Cobra Kai, the only thing I was really able to watch was uh. A movie that you and I both have interesting relationships to, not necessarily due to the quality of the movie itself, but what movie it happened to steal a bunch of Oscars from, from a movie that quite deb- deb- quite debatably probably deserved them more, and that's Cabaret. Uh, Cabaret. Yeah, I I rewatched it, and it's, it's so upsetting, because I truly think if it came out in 71 or 73... It could have won all eight Oscars plus Best Picture, and nobody would have batted an eye. But it just had to exist the same year as The Godfather. But I would have given it Best Picture over The French Connection or The Sting any day, personally. Oh yeah, yeah. French Connection especially. Yeah, no um, doubt about it. And then while I was watching it, I went ahead and I was, I was fantasizing. I was like, what would be the perfect Oscars for this? Because a lot of them got mixed up amongst each other, so. Here's what I came up with. I think Godfather keeps picture, actor, screenplay, wins director. That one, I like, I'm obviously a huge cabaret apologist, and I love many of the awards that it won, particularly one that we'll touch on a bit more, but Francis Ford Coppola with the director, I think he should have won, and I don't even think it was close. Um, and then Al Pacino for supporting actor. I will say I think Joel Gray beats Robert Duvall and James Caan, but I don't think he beats Al Pacino. No way. No way. No yeah, way. No I, way. Just... Which I I really think that was just pure vote splitting. I think had it just be those two, Pacino would have won. But... Dare I say, my friend, that Joel Gray won essentially for being a narrator. I mean, you're not wrong. But I mean, he he is one of the most like greedy act performances I've seen. Like he just steals every scene he's in, and he's impossible to not look at. Can you say? And then for can you say Oscar winner Joel Gray is also a Dion Waiters? I mean, you could, you probably could because he really just has one job in the movie, and like he just does it so well, and he's so fun to watch that. He like he essentially adds nothing to the plot, but he's without question one of the things that you remember the most when you leave the movie. And and then for Cabaret's Oscars, actress, not even close. No, Keep agree, it. agreed. Uh, I'd give it cinematography. Honestly, over, I think over the Godfather. I think, I think Godfather Two is superior in terms of cinematography. I do agree I think there. That that's one that that was one of the more fifty-fifty ones. Um. Uh, I think I think costumes and production design easy for cabaret. Okay. Uh, adapted score. I mean, obviously it's like the musical, like best musical score category. So that's a wash. Sound, yes. Editing another fifty-fifty. I went editing with cabaret. Uh, again, that one's close. But the, here's the one thing I realized. Um, like probably the most famous song in cabaret, like nowadays, "Mine Hair." That was written for the movie. So that could have been in Best Original Song, but it wasn't. 
which is insane because that's like the song that is the poster of the movie of uh, Liza Minnelli over the chair and all of that. So I don't know what was up with that. But yeah, I really wish Cabaret was released either in 71 or 73. <laughs> so we wouldn't have to justify its Oscar wins going up against what is in retrospect, like one of the great movies ever. But that's also the funny thing about the Oscars. It's its biggest enemy is honestly time because probably in 68, nobody was thinking much about 2001 missing best picture. But today, I mean, well, you look at it baffling snubs ever. You move a year, you put La La Land in 15 and sweeps easy, like easily. Yeah. Like I think, I think it probably breaks the record. It could probably, I think it wins 12. Probably 17. Also, I think La La Land would have. I think, yeah. Yeah, Shape of Water. Dumpster Shape of Water. Yeah, I agree. It just happens to be the 60s. Yeah, all the events just fell perfectly there. Uh, But yeah, let's talk about, after an hour, always good to do the news and cover things with you (laughs) because we always wrong long here on this. But let's talk about why we're here today. One of a show that I think has become the most popular comedy slash action show on television right now. Yeah, and... Well, I, I was going to bring it up later, but it's probably also, I, I, I'm not sure what else is on the list, but it's up there for like the best second life of a TV show ever because mm-hmm. it came out on YouTube Red. It got, it got good reviews and everything, and it was definitely respected, but nobody had YouTube premium and especially nobody was going to go out of their way to get it to watch I, I, it. I but, did. I did. Oh, you I, I don't I don't blame you. I mean, no ads. That's pretty enticing. But in I, terms of like getting it to watch content, I don't think a lot of people did it. No, I can. But, I, I'll but, tell you. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, but once it hit Netflix, I mean, that was just. I mean, it it managed to get the like series nomination at the Emmys. Like I think two months after it debuted on Netflix, so it is probably the Netflix the Netflix effect in its most pure form. I the would say. day the day that show got announced to be going to Netflix, I was ecstatic because I remember um, <clears throat> I remember watching, it was, uh, I think, an anniversary edition for the Karate Kid in theaters. So after, mm-hmm. the, after the movie, they showed the first episode of Cobra Kai. And oh, was, wow. Yeah, so I saw the first episode on the big screen and I was like, oh, I'm fucking in. Like, Johnny, they're finally making Johnny the hero of this show because... <laughs> The, the thing I've been longing for for like 20 years, let's go. Um, so I immediately subscribed to YouTube Red for a month uh, to watch the series. And I immediately like fell in love with it. I thought it was nostalgia done right. I thought it was a show that it changed the direction of how you view characters you originally thought were heroes in the 80s. And I think it did it beautifully. It didn't do it in a it touched on a lot of people like myself's conspiracies of like who the real hero was of the karate kid but also justified it with fact like johnny is down in the dumps like he never got over that one kick and danielson is selling cars and making you know (laughs) probably a millionaire if you really think about it yeah Uh, i mean I, and the, uh, that's the thought I always have. Like whenever they're in their kitchen, I'm like, yeah, Daniel is definitely loaded. Like he's got the, like a coffee maker and espresso machine. And it's just like, man, yeah, he's loaded. But I think the most interesting, inter- interesting thing for me about these karate kid characters from 
season one is the fact that Daniel never changes his personality from the movies. You just realize now he's a jerk. He is yeah. still self-entitled. He's egotistical. He's always thinking about himself. You just see it in a light of like, as a, adults, you're just like, you know what? Like, it makes it's kind of the Top Gun effect. It's the Top Gun effect mm-hmm. before Top Gun because when you watch Top Gun as a kid or like you know as like a 16, 17 year old, you think Maverick is the cool one. But if you if you watch Maverick now as an adult, you're like, Ice was right the whole time. Like Maverick yeah. is dangerous and he is reckless. It's kind of on the same stratosphere, and I think Cobra Kai got there first. But um, but yeah, I guess those are and. I think it does a much better job than a lot of reboot remakes of introducing new characters and actually having us invest in them. And um, because I think first, first season, first uh, season one, Miguel is, is probably my favorite character so far of the five seasons, like the way they built him up. I'll, and I'll lay it out to you on, on that. Yeah, no, I think uh, that's really what, I mean, you said it best. I think I came for, all of the returning characters, but I ended up staying for all the new ones. A similar thing that Better Call Saul just did. Another great, yeah, uh, perfect example. Sp- another another great spinoff. Uh, and yeah, I think just the way that it, it goes back to the new to the old movies and like I want to say like it gives us earned nostalgia while still having new stuff in the show that makes. Uh, Newer fans stay interested is really interesting. Uh, I, I will say the biggest thing that has gone on throughout the later seasons that the one thing that got me into the show and really held me on for the first two seasons and continues later on, but the first two seasons, the Johnny Miguel relationship is just Same. that that was what got me into the show. And that was and still is my favorite relationship in the show. I mean, we'll talk about it more when we get to the favorite characters, but I mean, those two are just inseparable and i think the the more you have of those two like the more i love the show really i agree 1000 percent. i also want to add the show does a great job of when it brings their this their legacy characters back i think mm-hmm. for the most part i don't think they've i don't actually think they've messed up once um even when you bring back ally with an eye like i think yeah. the uh i think she, elizabeth shoes Allie is, I don't really like her in the Karate Kid. I think she is, mm-hmm. uh, does my boy Johnny dirty. But I think that the way she's used in season three is fantastic. And the fact that yeah. Johnny doesn't go back to her because they could have easily just written that back in. Like, we're going to give this another shot, but they don't. They have this one night out, but then we go back, they go on their separate ways and we go back to our central characters. I think that was really done well. Yeah, that, that, that was the other thing I noticed. Uh, like, the writers just have such good restraint and control because there are so many moments that, like, could have happened just for, like, pure nostalgia bait, but they just have... They, they just have the good uh, spectrum of, like, what when it's earned and, like, deserved and, like, when it just feels forced. And, like, like you said, I don't think there's really been any forced nostalgia yet. I mean, even, like... Even, even something that could come off as, like, phony as, like, Daniel bowing at Miyagi's grave. Like, it's got that setup and it's just so earned when it happens that uh, all that stuff just works. Even, we're gonna, I mean, we're obviously gonna talk about season five, but even Chosen, 
is done perfectly. Where Chosen in season five is probably one of my favorite characters. Yeah, like that. That was that. That was kind of what I thought going into it. There was it was like okay, we have Terry and Chosen. Like I was hoping that they weren't going to go straying too far into the nostalgia well, but I mean they both had growths and they both still had traits that they did in the original movies and chosen's arc going into the next season i think is going to be really interesting uh with that phone call that he had in the final episode agreed Um, i think so too we have the um if we if i guess if we talk about ranking seasons i think this season did a good job of bringing likability back into miguel because i can say after season four i kind of think they did a if there's a character they let down in season four, it was Miguel, because he became mm-hmm. very unlikable. Despite of everything he's been through, I think he became very unlikable in season four. And what he did during the tournament, I think, showed a bit of selfishness. But also, the way they rectified it here in season five with young kids got to, you know, he's got to learn. And you're, and, yeah. and we're 17, 18 years old. We're making stupid decisions. So I think they did a good job of fixing that in season five. But in terms of ranking seasons, I still think one is the best because it did the job of getting us invested. Yeah, I, I, I think I'll go. I think my ranking is this is just like a rough ranking. I actually didn't do it, but I think I'd probably go one, two, five. And then four and three, I think. But I mean, I don't think they've made a bad season. I, I thoroughly I'm, enjoyed. Yeah, I've we, thoroughly enjoyed everything. It's but. essentially like we're discussing Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. We don't think there's a bad season. Yeah. We just think that you know some are better than the others. Um, I agree. I do think they do better when they don't have a tournament that they have to focus on. Yeah. Um. And I mean, we'll kind. I, I guess maybe we'll go ahead and address like a spoiler yeah, go for warning it. for anyone for anyone listening who hasn't seen it. Um, we're gonna be discussing season five a bit more in detail. So if you haven't listened, if you haven't watched the show, turn off and then come back when you have. Uh, there's not many places for the show to go. F- yeah. I think from here on yeah. out, because I mean you've got the tournament. I don't think Crease can just hop back into Cobra Kai now. I think. Well, he's a wanted man. Uh, right? Yeah. So I don't, okay. So, yeah, so I, I do so want to talk about can, that. So I don't think he can just go to Cobra Kai and just restart it. So that that's kind of my one. That's like my glaring, like, what, where do they go from here? Because, like, they're still in the tournament. But, like, what, what are they going up against now? Because Ter- Terry Silvers has been arrested and is no longer leading Cobra Kai. Which was the Everybody biggest... Who- the biggest shock of the season. Yeah, I, di- I didn't think he was gonna, just going to go down like that. Um, all of his students, even like the <laughs> fuckheads like Kyler. Ky- <laughs> just, oh, Kyler's like, the worst. All, all I'm saying is, I, I, I won't spoil it then, but I've got one category, uh, and Kyler's name is written all over it. So uh, <laughs> do you think, so this tournament is in uh, Japan, right? I believe so, yeah. Could we see a world where uh, Kim Daoon stays in America and she's running Cobra Kai with Kreese in Japan? Ooh, that's that, that's interesting. Yeah, the, the biggest thing, I guess, like plot hole going forward is like, well, what happens to Cobra Kai? Because Kreese can't just come back 
No way. Yeah. He's like, a fugitive. He's, he's a wanted. He's a wanted man. So, yeah. not not to mention like everybody who was a member of Cobra Kai now sees it kind of built on like lies, that bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure that. Well, I, I'm sure that they don't like see Kreese as like this god compared to Terry Silver because I'm sure that they were like, okay, there's maybe some bits and pieces of Kreese in Terry, so like not great leadership all around. But I, I mean, I don't really know what the who the antagonist is going to be next season because Terry Terry's gone. I don't know what Kreese's end game is because I might have missed something because like I was under the impression that you know Daniel had helped. Kreese get in contact with his lawyers and they had that plan of like they were going to work together and then they just kind of made that premature fuck off oh 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 we've got this video did they tell him to fuck off yeah they did yeah they did okay yeah um i i think yeah i think that is the the underlying thing of like they got the information they needed from Kreese and then uh johnny and and daniel son told them to just fuck off and then, and, and then on top of that, I mean, in terms of tournament participants, every like title match, every like title match is, or every potential title match is on the same team now, because Tori and Robbie have made up, Miguel and Sam, Sam have made up, Hawk and Demetri are all on the same team, and like Devin, I think had that rede- had that redemption arc at the end of the season, so. I don't know. They're just going to have to introduce new characters because all the main kids are now essentially on the same team. But Kenny was left a little vague at the end, I'll say. He he didn't really have like a moment of coming to terms. He was kind of just like, fuck off. And yeah, left, he can stay there. <laughs> um, no, you're right. I am very... I, I appreciate... I commend them for just having so many open-ended questions going into the next season because I, I do agree with you. I think we... While it was an excellent season from top to bottom, I enjoyed every single episode. Shout out to them for teasing us that Miguel was going to be in Mexico for the whole season and them ending that in two episodes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. I I, I do want to add, I actually really like that stuff. I I, I was kind of, I was skeptical going, I I thought it was, I mean, it was kind of like what you said. It was like he it was a very selfish thing for it was kind of a selfish thing for him to go. I understand why he wanted to go. And in those two episodes, you essentially just see him realize all that for himself. And I think everything with his dad was done very well, especially with uh, Robbie and Johnny with the FBI. Shirt. Oh my God. It was so funny. That whole, it was that so whole funny. Scene was incredible. Uh, not to mention, uh, also, also you, you, by doing that, you also get the, the bettering of Robbie and Johnny's relationship. Yep, that's a good point so, too. By, by him essentially getting his two, his two children on the same team, so to speak. Not to mention he'll be adding a third one to his roster here pretty soon. Uh, I'm very excited for that plot line. Uh, but yeah, no, I think this season did a really good job of just kind of. Figuring out the end game because like there's not there's there can't be much left because I know that uh, the creators are actually working on another show right now because they haven't greenlit season six yet but it's, which it's I'm coming. sure it's coming yeah. yeah and I think uh back in season two they had a panel at New York Comic Con that I was at and they said I mean we'll see what happens but they said they're 
they have a through line for six seasons. And this was way back in, after season two. So the fact that they have a through line already story set from one to six, you, you're you probably right. This could be it. Um, and a, a, an international karate tournament seems like a good way to go out. I agree. Um, do you think that Johnny goes back to Cobra Kai in terms of vindicating the dojo and that's how we get the split because if you look at it like here here's a thought the only person that has not won a fight per se in terms of tournament is robbie i i i realized that i had that thought when they were uh they were doing that those fights it was they were deciding like who's who's gonna represent the dojo and they they ended up picking hawk my thought was, why didn't they pick Robbie? Yeah. Because Robbie, like, Hawk won the previous All-Valley. Miguel won the first, but Robbie was in the final both times. Yep. So I thought they should have gone with him. Not to mention, he dumpstered Robbie, or he dumpstered Kenny at one point in the previous All-Valley tournament. So, but they also didn't know that, so. So, uh, I, so that's why I think he's the one that pulls it out in the end next season. But With yeah. Johnny leading Cobra Kai. Yeah, the the only thing that I just, if he does go back to Cobra Kai, like, there's going to be a different relationship vibe, because Johnny and Daniel have made up. Yeah. Like, for them to for them to go back on that shit, I think. Well, I don't mean, I, I, I don't I, mean I, in a villainous way, I mean in, in, in a... They probably co- go back to being, like, I, I think you're right in the sense, I think they'd go back to maybe being rivals, but I think it would be more so, like, in the sense of like how they were with Eagle Fang and Miyagi Do, because like at that final at that final tournament of season four, they had a common enemy. They were like, and you could tell that when Hawk and Miguel fought, like they did, like they dapped each other up before they fought, but mm-hmm. still went a hundred percent. So I think that could be the case. Because um, we could also have we could also have the Johnny takes over Cobra Kai, Miguel uh, Robbie goes with him, Miguel stays with Miyagi Do. And then Kreese forms a new dojo in Japan, and that's who they he brings to the tournament. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that's the thing. That's like the biggest plot hole that, I, or not yeah. like plot hole, but the thing Curiosity. that I think going forward, it's like where where does Cobra Kai go? Because Kreese can't just pick it up, and Terry's in jail. So, not to mention they now have like ten locations all across the valley right? and nobody <laughs> to manage it. So, yeah. uh, Johnny's gonna be in a lot of debt here soon. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited for where season six goes, and I presume slash hope that they don't have too much left in them because and then, they're uh, really setting themselves up for a great arc. Last thoughts on season five before we do our rankings here. Um, I need more Johnny driving Uber. Uh, honestly, more Johnny in, in Cobra Kai is like never a bad thing. Yeah, I think that's so funny. Yeah, I, w- William Zapka, I. I was so upset the year that it got in for like best comedy. I think it was, I was like, man, could have thrown him a best actor. Like that would have been, he, 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 I'm surprised like that show hasn't done better at the globes. That seems like a globes kind of show. Agreed. Like the split and they're very popular. They're very populist more so than the Emmys. I think. Yeah. Um, I think they'll do well this year at the globes since it's back to being a live show as well. So, yeah. Um, all right, cool. So you said you had outside of the characters, you had some stuff to throw at me. What did you have to throw at me? 
Yeah. All right. So I've got a couple different awards. Uh, and then you're welcome to throw in your, uh, your own takes as well. So I've got the quiet award for best Johnny quote. Uh, I, I, I wanted to exclude quiet because that's just my number one and it would have won regardless. So I named it. Can can I, can can we say it's probably the funniest when he just randomly comes out of nowhere? Yeah. Oh, my Like when he's in the dojo, whatever. But like, I've done that to my, I've done that to my dog a few times and it works. It's just like stare at them and just go quiet. And then they just sit and look and it's like, okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. All right. So he's at the bar drinking with Daniel. Of course, banquet for me and a Shirley Temple for the lady. Uh, He's with Miguel in the pool, drowning us for pussies. Uh, His his first day, uh, Miguel's first day when he's training at Cobra Kai, he's like, I have asthma, takes his inhaler, throws at the wall, and he goes, not anymore. (laughs) It's when he when he first like gathers his crew and he's talking with Elot or no it's uh Dimitri he's wearing the pie shirt and he's like nice shirt thanks I'm joking it sucks <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh the All Valley tournament you remember that one guy who's like who has the mic and he's like yeah let's take a moment of silence to end all intolerance Johnny just leans over and goes like kick that pansy bitch in the face <laughs> uh, and then just a classic short kicks get chicks. Uh, oh, I had to, I had that written down too. Once you brought that up, I started looking. Um, huh. Let me see what I can think. Of. Oh yeah, the nice shirt. Uh, makes me feel like a virgin just looking at you. <laughs> yeah, that's what that, I almost wrote that one down. Um, when they're drinking and he's like, "Drink it, it'll put hair on your balls." <laughs> uh, yeah, let I'm, me see. Uh, oh, when they when uh when the home improvement store guy asked Johnny if there was a real gopher, if that was a real gopher in Caddyshack, he's like, I don't know, I was partying with babes back then. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, oh fuck! There was, oh, it was one more. It was like the first episode. He was like, "There's a difference between bit like bitching and bitching." Or no, he's like, there's a difference between bitch and bitching. He's like, you're gonna fire me because of that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, when Bobby explained that he's not a priest, he's like, say so your wank can still tang. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely my favorite thing about Johnny. Like, it, it sucks that he's stuck in the past, like for his personal stuff. But him being stuck in the past also just sets up for so many great comedic moments. I mean, he was uber driving and he was like i gotta pick up a guy named jimmy johns. jimmy johns oh my god it was so as, funny as a former employee that had definitely gave me a good chuckle uh all um, right a, wait a couple more here so yeah. from this season when johnny walking out of the minimar handing robbie a cell phone it's go 60 minutos <laughs> on it that's like 300 american minutes and and the, and the similar one was like we need 2,000 pesos that's like a hundred thousand dollars Oh man. Let's uh, just say he yeah, he's just awesome. Alright. Uh the other category I had, the All Valley Award for Best Fight. Oh not, okay. not 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 just tournaments, this is just across the show. Alright. Johnny versus Kyler and his gang in the opening scene. Just shows that like, Johnny still got it. Okay. Kicks all their ass outside of the mini mart. 
Miguel versus Kyler and his gang at the cafeteria. His first kind of emergence as a badass after getting his ass kicked uh, multiple times. Definitely one of the first, like, one of the first, like, pop-off moments of the show. Uh, Miguel versus Robbie at the... All Valley the first, one all, all, the first All yep. Valley, yeah, it was a great finale. You had to go to the, uh, you had the injury callback, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, no surprises there. Uh, a smaller one, but Miguel versus Hawk when they're doing the uh, like the capture the flag game in the woods. That kind of yeah, final matchup with them because you also have the uh, the internal conflict because it was right after they trashed Miyagi Do. Mm-hmm. And it's and it and it's right around the time that Miguel and Johnny are both starting to kind of separate themselves from what Kreese is teaching. Uh, oh wait, this one came before, but Tori versus Miguel with Tori's first day at the uh, the dojo probably yep. the most probably the most fun fights of the bunch. It's like kind of just more so like two people sparring, and they kind of have that like back and forth convo throughout and they're like teasing each other i've got the og cobra kai bar fight oh that's good too yep that's good too bunch of of 50 year olds kicking each other's ass you can't go wrong with that uh the school fight i mean yes you uh, still haven't said what i'm thinking so i'm glad so maybe that that ending the, how that fight ends, honestly, like that's up there for like the most devastating things I've seen in TV history, mm-hmm. and that essentially like that actually also you we talked about like writing themselves into a corner. That was a big corner they wrote themselves into there, and so I'm I was very curious how they were gonna get out of it. Yeah, not to mention, um, it, it's also I think the pure indicator that Miguel is a hero. Because he's about to like break Robbie's arm, and then he gets that. He remembers what Johnny told him, and then it also kind of, and for the same thing, it also confirms Johnny is a hero, and that he is, he is different than Cobra Kai and what Crease is doing. Uh, Hawk beating the shit out of Brooks. Okay. As someone who, as someone who loves Hawk, and there's been a lot of getting back at their bully moments in the show. This one was definitely one of the most satisfying. Not only because, like, I all the shit that happened to Hawk, but Brooks, personally, like, I fucking hate Kyler, but Brooks is, like... Kyler's awful, man. Yeah, K- K- Brooks is the guy who, like, I don't know why Kyler runs with him. <laughs> like, he's just, like, pure... A- like, he's just, like, pure asshole who also has, like, no fight in him. Uh, and then the last one I had, you're gonna have more, I'm sure, because I wanted to leave some for you. Daniel versus Johnny in his apartment. After, okay. Uh, yeah, when uh, it's the first like fight that we get of them, uh, led up to uh, by Robbie and Sam like needing the place to crash, and Daniel just automatically assumes the worst of it. And then there's definitely some stuff that I didn't touch on, but those are my favorite ones at least. What uh, which ones did I forget? So, um, the fight at the house, the big fight. Yep. 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 Um. Mm-hmm. Robbie versus Hawk in the finals from season four. I thought that was really well choreographed. It was really well done. Um, it sucks that I can't say Tori versus Sam because Sam is just awful at karate. <laughs> I think she's just awful. I think she's better this season, to be honest. But um, oh yeah, yeah. 
the fight this season, actually, the one in the Cobra, the, the giant battle in Cobra Kai at the end of the season. I thought that was really protect, well done. Protect the egg. Protect yeah, the I egg. Love- I thought that was really good. Um, <laughs> Robbie beating the shit out of, Ky- of Ky- uh, Kenny. <laughs> just, just, yeah. just so hilarious to me. Um, I was going to say, just because I hate Kenny, like the character, I was going to say at first how Kenny just took care of Anthony LaRusso because I really didn't like the character Anthony LaRusso. But I think he was very, I think he was redeemed a little bit. Not too much, but a little bit. Um, oh, Terry Silva versus Danielson this season when Terry yeah, Silva beats the shit out of him. Um, that and, uh, oh, wait. Yeah, I mean, I completely like disregarded the most recent season, but. I mean, really, that whole fight has so much going on. I mean, you've got Chosen versus Terry, which is hype. You've got Johnny clutching the 1v4 or 1v5. I can't remember, but him just going into maximum overdrive and just destroying everyone else that's left in the house. Uh, there is one other one that I forgot. The pool. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh the pool. Yeah. Uh, Even though that wasn't really oh, a fight, but it was more of like mm-hmm. almost a fight there. I like that whole sequence there. Yeah, and, and even like Kenny, Kenny, like what was it? I think he three one to Hawk and, he did. and that, at that last at that last he, turn, yeah, he low key dismantled him, which is crazy. Do um, you think? I mean, we we're talking about fights. Do you think we're gonna get a? You'd have to use like a stunt double. Do you think we'll get a Crease versus Johnny because that's the one we haven't gotten yet? Well, actually, well, no, we got that at the end of season three because then Daniel. Oh yes, comes, yes, yes, Daniel. Daniel thought, yeah, you're right. You're I yeah. forgot about that when they used the nerve, the nerve hold on him. Mm-hmm. Uh. But yeah, I, th- I think those are. What, what do you have for best fight? Uh, if you had to pick one, <sighs> if we had to do tournaments, it definitely would be Hawk versus. Uh, Robbie, Robbie, because it, it shows how much the show's advanced in terms of choreography. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the fight this season, the the egg fight and yeah. the dojo. I really that really stood out to me. Um, man, this is tough. I think I will go with the Cobra Kai one as my favorite outside of the tournaments. I think that would be my mm-hmm. favorite one. What about you? The the school. I, I gotta say this cool. I think that's probably the best that's also the best camera work of the show. Like it's essentially just a bunch of like long takes with like going down the school hallway and it just completely just shifts back and forth between the different fights. You'll cut from Tori and Sam just going crazy to Hawk just fucking clotheslining people down the fucking hallway into the lockers. Um yeah. But I mean there there's so many good ones. I I I, I could honestly pick a favorite per season because there's just Oh yeah, I could like definitely four, do that. like four, four or five good nominees per season. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what you have for your character rankings. <laughs> all right, so we're at the character rankings. Okay, do you want to? All right, how do you want to do this? Because like I, I have my five favorite, but I kind of wanted to touch on like more, like because we talked about this off the line. We have characters that we have a, an opinion about. But then sure. they're just like mids that you're just like, ah, whatever. Don't really. Yeah, my, my top five, I can definitely go on for a little bit. Uh, and then as it goes lower, like I definitely like all those characters, but I don't have as much to say about them. So, yeah, who'd you have for your... Well, let's, let's do... Worst? I think 
Like, who I dislike the most is probably Kenny. I can't stand Kenny. I think Kenny... Like, yeah, Kyler is, like, a big shitbag, but, like, I, I can't stand Kenny. I, I He's the most... I think, like, we, when we look at the show, when we look at who... Villains and heroes, and there's such a gray area when it comes to, like, this show, I think Kenny's the most... The, the, even though he is struggling with being bullied, and I get it, but I think he's so easily manipulated by everybody on the show. Everyone manipulates Kenny, and I don't feel like he has an opinion at all in this entire two-season arc so far. Yeah, no. Uh, well, I, you're right until that last part of season five, which I like. He just has kind of <clears throat> he just kind of closes himself off from everybody else, and just <clears throat> it's pretty vague about. Uh, kind of his thoughts to the end of the show because i don't think he throws down his cobra kai jersey with everyone else I no, think he doesn't he, uh, he doesn't yeah so whether or not he whether he becomes like creases creases like number one going into whatever he does next i really have no idea but no i think you're right especially like it, it, it's going back to the hawk parallel because like he's essentially having a very similar trajectory as hawk did yeah in the early seasons bullied mercilessly starts doing karate becomes very powerful becomes the bully but eventually we got that redemption arc with hawk kenny i feel like if they were gonna work it in they would have worked it in there because all see all season it was all the people who he all the people who we look up, who we looked up to, are essentially now telling him like, "No, like this is wrong." Like Robbie and Tori both leaving Cobra Kai, I think, really sh- I did not leave the impression I thought it would on him. So I'm very interested to see his character going forward. So I did want to say, um, I do hate certain mid characters, but not enough to like fully invest like conversation. Like, can sure. we get Louis Larusso out of this show? Yeah, can we get any of the LaRussos that aren't in the immediate family or Daniel's mother and then I think it's his sister? Who, yeah. Who, there, there was like there was like a medi- there was like a medium who he has for like a sister who I think was in last season. Yeah. Like uh, I, no, the, I used the, to hate the, the fucking An- cousins. Yeah, like, get them all man. out of there. Like Anthony LaRusso <laughs> I used to hate, but like I'm curious to see they did a good job this season of kind of helping him out a little bit. Um, yeah. I kind of like Moon, I guess. Moon. Moon, Moon and Yasmin are fine. Moon's yeah. fun. Moon's funny just because, like, just kind of like the archetype that she carries, like the flower girl. Uh, let's all be positive. And, like, she takes Sam to that, uh, like, the cleansing room. I thought that was a really good scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I also think Sam's arc this season was really, it was really good. Uh, it's her best season, and- I think. Yeah, no, I think she, I, I think kind of her whole thing about wanting to, like, realize, like, who she is outside of karate, because she's absolutely right when she's, like, that's essentially all her life's been for the last couple years. Because, like, I also don't really know, like, what she was up to before then, because, like, she was just, like, driving around hitting people and like, their Lexus, like, their fucking Mercedes or whatever they drive, because that was, like, our introduction to Sam, if I remember correctly. Yeah. What like, about- him wrecking wrecking johnny's car where do you have kyler because i know i hate him too but i have i fucking hate kyler <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh it's 
I love when he gets he, his, he gets his ass kicked so much now, and it's just so great. Oh yeah, yeah. He is he is my scapegoat for like the villains. So I'm like, yeah, like get like get fucked, dude. Because uh, like he's pretty much lost to everyone now. Like I think he's lost to Dimitri. He's lost to Hawk. Lost to Miguel. He got fucked up by Johnny. So I don't know what ha- what becomes of him next season because uh he was kind of like he belonged in Cobra Kai like I, I like if he just c- comes to Miyagi-Do I don't know that'd be a little weird I agree uh because <laughs> I, I, I'll go ahead I was gonna say there's only like two real outlets I think for well three real outlets for villains next season pre- given that Ted that Terry Silver's out of the show because I don't know what becomes of him now and unless I, he gets a Unless he gets a crease. Let me tell you something. Escape prison too. Let me tell you something. I don't think he's out of the show. So what is the extent of his involvement though going forward? Like who he's knows? In jail. Who knows how long he is in jail? Remember all the power he has. That's true, but I. I but I don't know what his like plan. What his plan is after? Because like that video was posted to his YouTube channel, so now everyone knows that. Terry Silver is a dick, a fraud, yeah. and Cobra Kai did not win the All Valley, technically speaking. Uh, so he he doesn't go back into the Cobra Kai position, but what he would do going forward, I think, really intrigues me. Yeah, same here. Um, didn't love Kim Daun this season. Whatever, I feel like I understand why they brought her in, but uh, not too big on her. Um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of. Do you want to throw love for Aisha? Because I thought I liked her while she was on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I was very upset when I heard that she was going back. She was one of my favorite characters early on. And her... <laughs> the, the exchange that she had with uh, Johnny, what was it? It was like, why can't women do karate? It was like, same reason why they were not in the army. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, she... Not to mention her relationship with Sam... Like I, I, I truly bought their friendship most of the time. There were parts where they were like divided because Aisha was in Cobra Kai and Sam was in Miyagi Do. But had she still been in the show, I think their relationship still would have been a really strong point for the show for me. Not to mention, I think that she would have done great under the direction of Daniel Sun. Uh, so yeah. And I trying to think of what else i mean i really don't think we should there needs to be a ranking for ally with an eye because she had one episode or two episodes yeah. already other cameos um my rank my ranking is so out there dude do you i dimitri's not in my top five but do you like dimitri uh he's fine he, he's got he's got some funny moments but he gets on my nerves sometimes yeah just kind of his c3po Good overly, comparison. Like, pessim- overly pessimistic and overly worried. Just it, it's funny from time to time, especially like he is probably the MVP when it came to taking down Crease or not Crease, uh, Terry. Terry Silver. Yeah. Um, not to mention, I, I think his his arc with Hawk was also really good. Not to mention the scene of uh, the house fight. Hawk finally getting that redemption arc that I knew was coming for the longest time. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't love him enough to put him on my 10, but I, I don't think he's like terrible by any means. Um, w- did I miss anybody? I have nobody, someone that, I have someone no, that's not on my that's list. Not so. on my list. So, okay. So 
these two are not on my list, and you're probably, um, you could probably guess. I know, I know one of them. Who? I'm sure I know one of them. Is it Sam? Sam's definitely not, not on a... my list. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. Who's the other? Oh, Danny LaRusso, did, did I not hit it? Danny LaRusso. Oh, no I way he makes... Ten. <laughs> no way he makes my list. Absolutely not. Oh, we're doing uh, ten. I thought we were doing five. Okay, so... Oh. Um, then I only did five, because I thought we were doing uh, five. I, I, I can but only give... do my five. I'll just... I'll breeze through the, the five that I had below, so... So if we were doing yeah. ten, yeah, then I guess Daniel's song would be... Yeah, I, I can't make it ten without Daniel not being on the list. Uh... So my, like, 6 through 10, well, in descending order, I had te- uh, Daniel at 10, Robbie at 9, Crease at 8, Terry Silver at 7, and Chosen at 6. So we have, if I were to do a 10, Chosen would definitely be my 6 as well. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, uh, I thought he'd be in your 5. Okay. So my 5... Uh, oh, man, you know what? You're making me... I, I, I kind of want to see where this redemption continues because I'm really liking where he's going. So my five is Robbie. I do like where Robbie has been okay. going. Like where we started yeah. and where we're at now, I do think Robbie is doing a, his character is developing really well. Um, Where did you have Sam on yours? I did not have her on mine. Good, good man. Good but man. I, I would probably put her like at 11 or 12 because there aren't many characters that I outright dislike more than her. And there aren't. There aren't a whole ton that I like more than her because I think the ten is definitely like the these are like my people. These are the ones that like I are around the show the most. And I think ranking people, I mean like I don't know, I'd have to rank like Kyler over Sam, which like I'm not gonna do. Like I, I think you're delusional to rank Kyler over Sam personally. <laughs> I wouldn't do any, that, any, but yeah, I was gonna say anybody really. Um, but uh, who, who's your uh, who's your five? Oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, Robbie would be my five. No, Robbie wouldn't be my five. Uh, okay. I forgot someone. So chosen would be my <laughs> chosen would be my seven. Robbie would be my six. Then Hawk would be my five. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, yeah, he's coming up on mine. And then four would be. Uh, yes, I like where the because of season. four three-ish into four miguel went from like my two to like my to my four mm-hmm. i like miguel i like him a lot it's just I, season four yeah. really killed like his momentum a lot for me number mm-hmm. three is because and listen you probably think i'm nuts i think number three for me is because i have never seen a dumpster fire of a movie vindicated in a trash villain vindicated the way terry silver has been vindicated with this show that makes sense he went from a villain that you can poke fun at for like ben i mean i he was very 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 much made fun of for years and i thought he i think he's a better villain than crease i think in the in the general scope scope of things i think terry silver has the heel look and he has that smirk every time he pretty much ones up the, the quote unquote good guys that mm-hmm. just makes him so such such a terrible terrible person so yeah that's my three number two is I, I I've loved her since season two 
I, I, oh wait. Oh, we're we're probably going different places. I thought you were going somewhere else I'm here. Not going Go not, for it. It's not Amanda Larusso. <laughs> I I you like Amanda Larusso like that? She might be my top five. Oh my I, god, it's I, so crazy. Okay. I no, 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 no. No, my number two is Tori, man. I fucking love yeah. Tori. Tori's like we know what see the it's it's kind of like we look at we talked about Kenny. We mm-hmm. know exactly why she's going through what she's going through. And the yeah. reason she reacts the way she reacts is based off her life situations. And now she's kind of seeing like she's seeing the light as to what Cobra Kai really is about. And this season, I think, is also one of her best seasons as well. And I think performance wise, I think she's fantastic from first time we see her to now. I think she's really, really like it's funny. My wife hates her character, like can't stand Tori, but I am all in on Tori. Yeah, I, I I've had stock in Peyton list since I saw Jesse and Dyer Wimpy Kid when I was like ten years old. So seeing her, seeing her like ten years after all that and back like in the popular spotlight, that makes me really happy. Uh, and I, I I presume that we have the same number one, so I'm yeah, just gonna yeah, wait yeah. until we get. To, I'm just gonna wait until we get to that. Uh, my so number I'll five is Tori. Uh, okay, great. Pretty much the same reason as you. You uh, when when she starts off like she's definitely like unlikable but like the more you watch her character especially the scenes where she has like hearts hearts to hearts with people especially with amanda uh you definitely become you begin to feel more sorry for her especially with the the role that she plays in the fifth season which uh essentially playing double agent for crease who's in prison while still like being in Cobra Kai and like trying to do like the secret spy mission and stuff like that. Um, my number four is Amanda. <laughs> I think she's got, I, I, I love her energy so much. She, I, I, I completely get why like she was about to leave Daniel. I, I would do. He's awful. Yeah, like, like that was just like, I, I feel so bad for her. Like, I mean, their life was probably just like so chill and good. And then all of a sudden, her husband is like turning their backyard into a dojo. Like, I don't know how. Like, they had, there was a joke. They're like, "Oh, you're going to work today?" Like, I don't know how long it's been since he stepped into auto dealership before this season. Uh, not to mention, I think it was season three. But when she slaps Crease, man, that that was that was a double fist pump from me. That made me so happy. Uh, Number three, I've got Hawk. Uh, I loved his arc, essentially. Like, getting to... I mentioned it earlier. Him Getting to watch him, like, beat up Brooks, like, it was both, like, the darkest point, I think, of his villain arc, but it was also kind of vindicating in a way, because, like, you knew that these guys had been giving him shit for a while, even after, like, he was in Cobra Kai, so... Him finally getting that moment where he gets to do what Miguel did in the cafeteria is great. My number two is Miguel. I, I I totally see where you were coming from by saying that he dropped in rankings from uh, seasons three and four, I believe. But like like I mentioned earlier, it's him and Johnny's relationship that really was the big selling point from here on after I started the show. Uh and it's probably my biggest, not not 
issue because I, I do like the show, but my biggest nitpick with recently is kind of how they've strayed away from that uh, relationship. Uh, but no, I think Miguel, I love his performance. Uh, I, I can't remember his last name, but Zolo, whatever it was, uh, he's awesome. And then number one. By a mile. Lawrence, William Zavko, what a... I, I'm trying to think of other characters who have received such a 180 of like mentality because like to aside you from, uh, aside, <laughs> aside from you and barney stinson and some other people uh i i mean it, it's kind of the same like i don't hate biff tannen in the back to the future movies but like he he is like the bully and he is like he's the adversary just in that point of view so it's essentially if they made like the back to, if they made a Back to the Future spinoff centered around Biff. I hope like, that the day, hope the, they don't do that. The, the hardships that he had to face, like while raising his, like while living with his grandmother and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think just the complete turnaround they've had on his character, and I think that more people are probably seeing the sh- like the movies in a different light. Kind of how like we've been talking about with Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. I've feel like other people might be going back and seeing the karate kid differently with that in mind yeah i agree 1000 percent. i mean johnny is the hero of this story he has been since 1984 um i'm glad to see that others are seeing it now there's it, it's a good day man that's probably my, my favorite thing about the thing i love most about the show is that for the first time in uh six years i don't feel like I'm, t- I'm a crazy person. <laughs> so, oh, so but, you, so you've always, you, you've always been on the, the Johnny band. Oh yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, 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 dude. Like you could ask my wife, like me and her, when we first talked about the Karate Kid, I went on a rant, and I'm like, yeah. So like, <laughs> Johnny's literally the the hero here. He's the one that's like disrespected by Danielson to the point where even even on the beach that day, those friends that uh. Danielson made when he first moved to California don't even want anything to do with him. After yeah, the beach for real, scene. like the, yeah, like I I forgot about that part. They just straight up like ditch him after he gets a shit rocked by Johnny. Yeah, so they're like, yo, they even know he's a toolbox. So yeah, I'm I'm glad that I'm finally not uh not alone on that. But uh, but yeah, that wraps up this week's episode. This was a fun one, man. This I'm yeah. glad we finally got to talk about this show. Uh don't know what we're covering next week uh we will hopefully be covering near dark soon because it looks like recording this podcast has been more difficult than us actually watching the movie because trust me when we want do the podcast we will surely talk about how hard it was to watch (laughs) that movie uh but yeah jack thanks as always for being on and do you have anything you want to plug uh yeah you can check both of us out on the league of cinephiles as well as the critic circle on instagram and you know where to find me. Find me at realtalkinc.com. Find me on Real Talk. It uh, should be a championship match coming soon where I yeah. will be a part of. So you can catch me there too. So until then, see you at the movies, kids.